Okay, today's daf is daf kuf yud gimel in Yavamas, as we learned for four shleimah before Yosef Asriel ben Chai Michal and Elazar ben Reuma. Right from the very top of the page, we discussed yesterday about uh, the different rules about a cheresh and a chereshes and a ketana. These are all kedushin drabbanan. Whether it's a cheresh with a cheresh with a chereshes or a normal person with a cheresh or a chereshes or with a ketana, those are all kedushin drabbanan. But there's differences. So the Gemara says right from the top of the page, Why can a ketana eat truma? If a coin marries a ketana and it's a kedushin drabbanan where her father didn't marry her off, uh, her mother or brothers or family married her off. She can eat truma drabbanan, as we'll see, not truma del raisa, truma drabbanan. What do you mean truma del raisa? Torah, we said that truma is only on the five grains and oil and wine, but on fruits and vegetables, there is no truma minator, but minarabbanan, there is truma, like we take today, truma on fruits and vegetables, that's truma drabbanan. So they allow her to eat truma drabbanan in the case of a ketana. Why? But by cheshes, we don't. Both those cases are marriages minarabbanan. So why, if a Kohen, let's say, Cheresh uh, marries a Cheresh, or a regular person marries a Cheresh, do we say that she cannot eat Shumad Rabbanan? And by Ektana, she could eat. It's not, where do we see this? Tonight, hey, Rabbi Yochan ben Gudgiva, we mentioned him in the Mishnah, but this is a continuation of what he said. Rabbi Yochan ben Gudgiva gave testimony. If her father married her off when she was Ektana, father married her off when she was Ektana, or it doesn't really say whether as long as she's under twelve, for sure she he's entitled to a, a kedushin uh, If she's if she's over twelve, it's already a suffix. But let's assume she's under twelve, um, and her father married her off. That's a kedushin daraisa. She owes a beget, even though now she's above twelve and her father no longer has rishus over her. She could still get a get. Even she can receive a get, and you can divorce her, even though her marriage is a marriage daraisa. And now it's only a get to Rabbana. No, it's a get to Raisa too. Why? Because get Menatora is even against her will. The Akhtana Basishol is for Kohen. And Akhtana Basishol, who's married to a Kohen, Shachel is for Truma. He doesn't mention anything about the Chereshes eating Truma, because the Chereshes is just saying is that, you know what? If she was married, whether even if it was a marriage to Raisa, like her father married her off under the age of 12, she can be divorced Menatora because it's even against her will. You don't need her consent. If you don't need consent, it can be a Ketana or, or a Chereshes. But a ketana basisrael gets gets to eat truma too. It doesn't mention it by chereshes. So you see, a ketana eats truma and a chereshes doesn't. Do you chereshes lo achla? Why? The answer is because we're afraid that the chereshes will give to a chereshes. We'll see in a second. Not tafka chereshes. It's anybody the chereshes in this for a different. The real, the ultimate reason is a different reason. We'll see what we mean here is this. We're afraid that the chereshes will also give a chereshes. So what if a chereshes and a chereshes and a chereshes, a deaf and dumb man or a deaf and dumb girl? They're like Tanim. They don't have their own. They're not. They're not. They're considered limited intelligence. Let them eat. What? Why not cut an oak on the bale soup? It's like a child who eats non kosher food. You're not obligated to. <coughs> we're going to talk about it tomorrow. Stop. You're not obligated to uh, remove him and refrain him from eating that food unless it reflects bad. Unless it looks like you're trying to feed it to him. Uh, you're not obligated to. So what if he eats from? What's the problem? So that's where it's So we're afraid. That if you allow a cheresh to give a cheresh, meaning he's a Kohen, and he gives his wife cheresh's truma, you're afraid if he's married to a normal person, a regular bat mitzvah girl, and she has obligations to keep all the Torah, might, she, she might also eat truma. She's not entitled to eat truma. She's not really married to a Kohen. He's a cheresh. It's only they're not really married men Torah. So what's wrong if she eats truma drabana? It's not the raisa anyway. Meaning, 
The Cheirish is a Kohen. He's a Kohen from his, from his family. He's allowed to eat Truma, right? Even if he's a kid or whatever, even an Evan could, could eat Truma if he's a, in, a, in a Kohen's house. So what's the problem over here? A Cheirish can eat it. We're afraid he's going to give it to his wife, who's not a Cheirish, a normal woman, and, and eat even Truma de Raisa. That's our concern. So it's one big Zera. The reason why we don't give a Cheirishis or we give a Cheirishis to eat Truma, even Truma de Rabbanim, we're afraid that he makes up a Cheirishis, even a Cheirish with a Pikachat, uh, even a normal woman that he's married to, uh, he might give her to eat even Truma de Raisa. That's why we don't give a Cheirishis Truma at all, even Truma de Rabbanim. Okay, we talked about the difference of eating truma. <coughs> what about a katana is entitled to a Not talking about a marriage to a rice. The father married her off. Of course, she gets a ksuba. She was married to Rabban, where her family married her off. The father was dead, out of the picture, or he had married her off once before. Uh, he's out of the picture. She's entitled to a ksuba. A is not entitled to a ksuba. What's the difference? Why not? You don't have to give a chareshes a ksuba. Why not? But people will say, listen, we're doing her a favor by marrying her, the Choreshes. You know, she's she's deaf and dumb. You know, not everybody wants to marry her. If you're going to give me an uh, obligation, I got to give her a Ksuba too. They won't marry her. They'll think twice and they won't marry her. So because of that, people won't marry her. So therefore, we say that you don't have to give her a Ksuba to encourage people to marry her. So how do we know by Ketana does get a Ksuba? That's none. A girl who's who's refusing, right? A girl who could refuse her uh, marriage, like you know, it's marriage to and she could walk out by twelve. She doesn't get a ksuba. Vashnia, if he married, let's say his grandmother, somebody he's not allowed to marry, not a, not a Torah, but let's say you know, those are the second the secondary relatives that you're not allowed to marry. Vailanus, a woman who you thought she was normal, turned out she was didn't have any womanly characteristics. You married her at a young age, and she never developed. It's called the mekhtos. It's a mistake. But you have to give her a get. It's a suffix whether it's marriage or not. Metarise, it is a marriage, or in the case of me, it's at least Metarabon in a marriage. Islandness is a suffix, maybe it's Mechathas, you give him a get. Here he says, Mechathas has a ksuba. Okay, so why do you see Bektana is entitled to a ksuba? Because, you know, she's going to grow up and she'll be bat mitzvah. So you have to give her a ksuba even now. A cheresh is How do we know a cheresh does not get exhibited? The tiny we learn as follows: cheresh at a cheresh or a shota. Again, a cheresh is a person of the cheresh and shota are both limited capacities, right? Both limited capacities. A cheresh doesn't have all his faculties. He can't speak and he can't uh, hear, and we assume he's also mentally impaired. And a shota is certainly an imbecile person who's mentally impaired. Shenisu because they married normal woman. Afishnos pekechesh, even though the cheresh. Uh, recovered his faculties, and the um, the Shota regained his intelligence. In other words, when they got married, they were not capable, not capable of making a monetary obligation. They couldn't make a deal for Ksuba. The marriage was only in Drabunan, even though the women were normal, but the husbands were not. So they're not responsible. They didn't give any Ksuba. And uh, even though no, they now normally, they now became normal <coughs> at that point in time, they still have no obligation, but if they, now that they're normal, they want to maintain the marriage, maybe they only married these women because they were imbeciles, you know, now that they became normal, maybe they don't want them anymore. But if they maintain them, they're still entitled to a of, let's say, uh, of $100, meaning uh, that of a woman who's been married before, because now they're no longer virgins. Okay, that's what he's going to come. 
and a pikech who married a chereshes, o shota, if he married a pikech, a normal person married a chereshes or a shota, even if he decided to give her, you know, $100,000, a, a large amount of money, or $10,000, subasa kayemes, if he, even if, if, he, if that's what he decided to do, he could do that. Because he wanted to cause his own loss, meaning he wanted to damage his own assets by giving it to her, meaning he's not obligated to. But if a Bikach married and he, and he decided to give her a lot of money, okay, whatever he wanted to do, he could do. Subas was kind. He can't say, well, uh, you know, he was just fooling He was just fooling her by writing such a large civil. No, if he wanted to uh, dig into his own pocket and give it to her, he could do a time in the Ratzah because he wanted to. Hello, Ratzah, Ainla. Why not? Why is she not in public? So, but then came in with us, like we said before, because otherwise people will not marry her. Like we said, my Shacharish is the less Luxiba, then came in and won't marry her. How do we know that a katana does get exhibit? Because we said katana yesh luxiba, and a chereshes doesn't have to. Why? Because he said if he wants to, he can give her exhibit. Doesn't have to. If the reason is that people should marry, him, why don't you make, also make a takana that a cheresh who marries a pikechet should also she she's in galta to get exhibit. So therefore, that so that the normal woman would want to marry a deaf. Let's say there's a lot of deaf and dumb men, um, and uh, you want to encourage women to marry them. So give them a ksuba so they'll be encouraged. The assumption is that a, uh, a woman wants to be married more than a man. It's more difficult in those days for a woman to be alone. More than a man wants to get married, a woman wants to get married. So you don't have to encourage women to marry, to marry uh, a cheirish because they want, they want to be married. So if there's no normal men left, they'll marry them anyway, even without a ksuba. So it comes out that a chereshes does not get a ksuba nor is a pikeach obligated to give a chereshes a ksuba, and nor is a, uh, if a cheresh marries a pikeach, also there's no, uh, there's no ksuba there either, but there is a ksuba for a katana. Even though we just said <clears throat> that a cheresh does not have to give his wife a ksuba, in certain cases, they allowed it. For example, it was a story with a deaf and dumb man who was in the neighborhood of Ramalkio, in Seba Isisa, he, um, Rab Malkio supervised his marriage because of Lavra Meazuze, and he wrote her 400, um, a large silver, 400 Zuz Minachase. Even though <clears throat> he's not obligated to, he's a Cherish, and what he does normally is not considered done because he doesn't know what he's doing. But Rab Malkio supervised it, and they gave her a large Ksuba. Who can be as bright as Rab Malkio? The Gavra Rabahu, who's a great man. And as he realized it was necessary, like Savi says, what's wrong with that? In other words, even though we just said that what a cherish does is not obligatory on him, uh, and even if he becomes normal afterwards, he regains his faculties, that doesn't obligate him unless he maintains the marriage. <coughs> Over here in this case, Ramalkio supervised a large ksuba, and he's a chachm for that, the gavarabu ksuba, if the cherish wanted a servant, a maidservant to, uh, to clean his house and take care of his needs, wouldn't we buy it for him? In other words, they were acting as an apitropus over here. They were acting as uh, guardians of Rabbi Malkio, and therefore, when he supervised giving him so, but there's nothing wrong with that. If he only wanted a maidservant, would have bought it from Kolshke and Here he's she's, she's not only a uh, you know cleaning house for him, but she also serves as his wife. So therefore, even though it's not obligatory, but if a guardian decides that it's Kedai to give um, a woman a ksuba for on behalf of a Cherish man, that's okay to do. 
Listen to this carefully. We explain that if a katana gets married, it's not really a marriage in Torah. And uh, if a cheresh or a cheresh gets married, it's not really a marriage in Torah because they're deaf and dumb. They don't know what they're doing. Okay. So the wife of a cheresh and cheresh is totally. So what is her status? Is she married? It's... Uh, you know, it's not, she's not really married in Torah. What happens if she commits adultery or somebody commits adultery with her, right? Is she married? A man commits adultery with this woman. Is she married or not? Well, would you have to bring an Ashim Toli? What's an Ashim Toli? When you did a sin, you're not sure if you committed the sin or not. Normally, the classic case is you had a piece of chaylev here, which you chayv kars for if you ate it on, if you ate it, uh, on purpose. You ate it and there was a kosher piece of meat. And you mix them up. You're not sure which one you ate. You're not sure which one you ate. So you're not sure if you know which one you ate. It was determined afterwards, you know, they did a test. The other one was a kosher one. You ate the non-kosher one. So you have to bring a chatas. If you're not sure, you bring an ashram tolu. So over here, it's also, if a man is not sure, let's say, who he slept with. Was it with his wife? You know, in those days, they all slept in one room. They didn't have a lot of money. And he slept, he wasn't sure if he slept with his wife or he slept with his, uh, you know, somebody else, somebody else in the house, right? Let's say his, uh, somebody else's wife or his sister-in-law or whatever. He's not sure he slept with. So you bring an Ashim Tully. She was asleep. You know, he doesn't know what happened. So you bring an Ashim Tully. So what about over here when he slept with a woman who was married? She was a Chereshis and she was married or she was married to a Cheresh. Is it a, it's not marriage men Torah. So do you bring an Ashim Tully or not? So if Shmuel says, you're not Chayav an Ashim Tully for that. That's what he says. It sounds like it's not even considered a suffix. She's married. You're not Chayav an Ashim Tully. Let's bring a proof from the following case. There are five people who shouldn't give truma. We can't be mocked for separate truma. If they give truma, it's meaningless. See, when it's a suffix, if you gave truma or not, if it's a suffix, if it's good truma, so you have to leave it, you know, gave it, give it to the coin, and you have to be mafresh again. Because if you didn't give truma, everything you eat is tevel, punishment of death for eating. You have to give truma. Talking about where there's truma to rice on. So, there are five people, though, that truma doesn't, doesn't count at all. And truma must do. Who are? That's three. They have limited capacity. What they do is meaningless. Let's say somebody went out of town and you gave truma on their behalf. They didn't authorize you to do it. So it's, it's learned out. Shlichim could be like you. And if he didn't command them to do it, Shlichas nafkom yatem gamatem. And um, just like it has to be with your knowledge, also somebody can't get enough truma on your behalf. So somebody did, it's meaningless. They can't go into your silo and take truma on your behalf. That's number four. Number five, can't get truma for you, even if he did it with your consent. Because it says, not just like your bris, they're not bris. So these five people, their truma is not truma at all. It's not truma at all. That means, and one of them is a cherish. A cherish is not truma at all because what he does is meaningless. So lachar it's a proof to what Shmuel said. Shmuel said that if you slept with the wife of a cherish, you don't have to give even a Russian toy. It's not even a suffix. Not even a suffix if she's married or not. It's not considered a marriage at all because what he does, it's, it's meaningless. His marriage is meaningless. It's like she's still single. And the horror is a proof to that from the case of the truma, that if a cherish gives truma, it's meaningless. So is that a proof to him? The says, no, it's not proof. No. Who Domikra Belazar, it could very well be that Shmuel 
who says that you're not chayiv and Hashem told if you slept with, with the wife of Becherish, he holds like a belezer or a belezer, the time of Yisrael Mishra Belezer, Trumas Cherish, Lotaitse, Lachulin, Neishu, Suffolk. It could be that he holds it. No. If a Cherish gave Truma, not like this Bryce had just said, or this Bryce had said that a Cherish had forgotten gave Truma, it's meaningless. No, no, no. He also like a belezer who disagrees. He says that if a, if a Cherish gave Truma, you, you can't consider it Chulin. You can't consider what he did nothing. You can't give it Chulin. Neishu, Suffolk. It's a Suffolk. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. So why, if Shmuel says that it's a suffix, he's feeling of Lazar Hashem Tali, he should be chayv to give an Hashem Tali. If what a chayrish does is a suffix, whether it's valid or not, it's true as a suffix, and maybe his marriage is also a suffix, so he should give Hashem Tali if he slept with the chayrish's wife. Chayrish married a woman, is she married or not? <clears throat> Would you be chayv to bring a carbon or not? If you slept with her, is it a suffix if you committed a sin to a raisa? <clears throat> Shmuel said, you're not chayv to bring an Hashem Tali. Doesn't that sound like it's not even a suffix? And, and it goes like that, Bryson, which says that the Cherish gives Truma, it's not even a suffix. No, 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 no. Could be that Shmuel really holds like a Belazar, who says that the Truma of a Cherish is a suffix, and you can't just put it back in the, in the, uh, in the pile, uh, but it's a suffix, you have to give it to the coin. But if he holds like a Belazar, he should also be Chayef and Ashim Tali. The answer is no. Being Chaticha Mishtichatichas, we have a cloud when it comes to Ashim Tali. It's not just I did something which is a suffix. Over here, you don't know if this lady is married or not. That's one suffix, right? Could be we don't only know if it's a, if it's a suffix. It's a, you shouldn't do that. It's a bad. You're a bad boy if you let slept with her, right? She's not single. It's a suffix if she's married or not. What's the problem though? You know why you're not chayv and Ashim Toli? Ashim Toli is only like I said before, where there's one of two one of two possibilities. Did I eat the kosher one or not? There were two pieces of meat, kosher or not kosher. I'm not sure which one I did. There were two women in the bed, the wife and the sister-in-law. He's not sure who he slept with. That's the case of Ashim Toli because it says Achas Mechatos learned out of a pasuk. It's got to be a suffix if you one or the other. But if it's only a suffix in one thing, like this woman, this age is cherish, is she married or not? You're not sure. There's no Hashem Tali there. It's forbidden because it's a suffix. Maybe she's married, maybe she's not. As Rabbi Lezer says, it's a suffix whether, uh, you know, whether the truma is a truma or not. So you can't put it back into the pile. Maybe it is truma. So Rabbi Lezer holds that a cherish, what he does is a suffix, but still you don't have an Hashem Tali according to Shmuel, because it's not one out of two. It's not a case of one out of two. Being chaticha, you need to have one piece out of two pieces. It says more, me boy, Rabbi chaticha, Rabbi Lazar doesn't really need it. Rabbi Lazar says it's a suffix, but it's not a unique. It goes, the time of Rabbi Omer, koi, chayv chalbo. An animal, a behema, a domesticated animal, like a cow or, or a goat or, or, a, or a sheep, the chaylev is also to eat, on punishment of, of chorus, right? Chayv it's a carbon, you're mocked the chaylev. But it's also to eat it normally. The chaylev of a wild animal, like a deer, a kosher wild animal, is not as mutter to eat. What about a koi? A koi is an animal, they're not sure the rabbanim were not machri, they couldn't, they didn't know if it was a behema or a chaya. So he says, a koi, if you ate, a, you ate the chaylev of a koi, you have to bring an ashantali because maybe the chaylev was also eaten. Now that's not one out of two. It's not in the case of one out of two. It's a case of this item. What is this item? It's like the chaylev's marriage. Is it a marriage or not? The koi's chaylev, is, is, he, is, he is the koi a uh, behema or is it a chayev? We don't know. And yet, and, and it's not one out of two. And Rabbi says, koi chayev and chabal, you have to bring an ashram koi there. So how could you say that on the one hand, Shmuel holds like a blazer, that it's a suffix what a, what a chayrish does, it's a suffix what he does or what he, you know, is, he, is what he does valid or not? And the other hand, you say that you're not chayv and Hashem Tali, Rabbi Lezer holds you are chayv and Hashem Tali, even when it's not one out of two. The answer is Shmuel, Savak, Rabbi Lezer, Bechara, Pali, Bechara. 
he agrees with him and so that what a what a uh, what a cherish does is a suffix. It's a suffix of his marriage is a marriage, it's a suffix of his truma is a truma. But he disagrees with the Rabazik Rablazos. You don't need a when it comes to Ashram Tali, you need one out of two. If a koi, a koi you're not sure uh, if you if you uh, ate the chalav of a koi, you got to bring an ashram tali, even though it's not one out of two. But where where Shmuel holds, we do need one out of two to be chayev, and therefore he says when it comes to if you slept with an ashes cherish, you don't bring an ashram tali because it's not a case of one out of two. It's forbidden. It's a suffolk if she's married or not, but you don't bring an ashram tali. You'll never know really because you don't know what the situation is. Bechara poli bechara. Even some say that Rechia Bar Shmuel said name Shmuel just the opposite. Ashes cherish chayav and olav ashram tali. You chayav and ashram tali. Why? Because he holds like a blood, so that's a suffix, and you don't need a case of one out of two. The Brisa says that uh, that what a what a cherish does is meaningless. If even if he gave truma, it doesn't count at all. The answer is so he holds like a blood, so that it's a suffix. So here he holds 100% like a blood, that what a cherish does is a suffix, and you don't need, for Ashim you don't need one out of two. So we see here in Machlokas whether a cherish is definitely what he does is like a shota or a cotton doesn't mean anything. If a cotton marries somebody, it doesn't mean anything. If a nine-year-old gives chuppah kedushin to some girl, it's meaningless. She's not married. If he dies with no children, there's no <laughs> there's no yibam. He had that before. <coughs> Is the same true for a cherish? According to one opinion, yes. According to Blazer, no, it's a suffix. Now, the Gemara asks now, boy, Ravashi, two lines from the bottom of boy, Ravashi, Where Rashi asked this question, my time of Rabelazer. What's Rabelazer's reasoning? When Rabelazer says that um, that uh, it's a suffix, it's a suffix what a cherish does. But what does that mean it's a suffix? In what sense? Is it obvious to him? It's a simple thing. It's obvious to Rabelazer that a cherish has, he's of a weak mind. He's not sharp. But he's not sure. He is, he's weak-minded. He's not, you know, he's not uh, smart like one. He has a very low IQ, let's say. But what he does, he's clear. He knows, he knows what, what he does, what he puts his mind to is clear. In other words, when he wants to get married and he's bar mitzvah, what he wants to maybe does count. Or maybe he doesn't have a clear mind. But it's always, he's consistent. In other words, he's weak-minded, but what, he, what he's at, he's clear. We know there's many people who are, very uh, limited capacity, but what they they know what they're doing. They know they're putting on film. They know what they're doing. Mitzvahs. They know what they're you know they they know what they're doing. We see people we see people in shul like that. You know they're they're weak minded. They can be partial. You know they can be uh, impaired mental capacity. But what they do, they're clear about. But he's one. He's of one mind the whole time. Oh, Dilma, that's a question. This is where you're asking Rebbe. Rebbe says the suffix is it because he holds, he's weak-minded, but he's, he has a clear mind the whole time. Oh, Dilma, she told you to die to cliche, it's Rebbe Lezer holds, listen, no, no, no. I'll tell you what it is. Rebbe Lezer holds, yes, he's weak-minded and he doesn't have a clear mind. You know, he doesn't have, he doesn't know what's going on. He's, he's a little, he is confused. But in the time of, but what's the reason over here why he says it's a suffix? If he gave truma, it's a, it, you have to consider it truma. And if he got married, let's say, his wife, you, you, you would have to bring an Ashram Tali according to Rebbe But sometimes he's normal. Sometimes he is, he's of sound mind. Sometimes he's, he's, uh, he's all there. And sometimes he's a Shota. 
my nafkimi, what's nafkimi, what's nafkimi if he's all the time weak-minded, but you're not sure if he's clear or not, or you say that, no, he's, he has a weak mind, but sometimes he's the ex normally, let's say, could he divorce his wife, right? Could he divorce his wife? If you say, he's the same all the time, he's weak-minded, and, and um, you know, he, he's, he's clear, but he's very weak-minded, but he's, he's the same the whole time. So the same way he got married, the same way he got divorced, as we said at the beginning of the Mishnah. You know what? If he wants to stay married to her, he can. The same way that he got married, which is Burmese, it's a Kedushan Rabbana, like he married her, he didn't really know what he's doing. He's divorcing the same way. In other words, he, he, you don't have to worry, is his divorce valid? Because his marriage wasn't any more valid than his divorce is. So if his marriage was valid, his divorce is, is, is valid. That's the month being loads to beget. If he had, if he has one mind the whole time, whether he's clear or unclear, but it's the same mind the whole time, whatever he understood for the Kedushan, that was the Gerishan, then then it's okay like the Rabbanan. But if you say, if you say the reason why our blessing is Mesupik is because he's listen, yes, he's of weak mind, but sometimes he's smart. Sometimes, like you, you know, a flash hits him and he knows what's going on, then 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 can't be My take. We're not sure. And we're not sure what Rabbi reasoning is. Because if his reasoning is, is that even though he's a weak mind, but sometimes he's smart. In other words, is it like he's a, he's of the same mind the whole time, weak as he is? In which case, there's no difference in if he gets married, he can get divorced. But if you say there are times when he's really uh is he's got a normal understanding of things, then there's a problem because it could be when he got married, he it was a good marriage, but when he's getting divorced, maybe he's an imbecile now. And an imbecile can't give a divorce because he doesn't know what he's doing. So he wouldn't be able to divorce his wife under those circumstances. That's the issue. And we're not sure about that. That's we're trying to understand what's Rabban's reason. The Rabban don't say that. The Rabban say clearly, the Mishnah said that whatever his understanding is, the way he got married, the way he got divorced, just like he got married, he can get divorced the same way because he's considered to have one sound mind the, the entire time. There are cases where people, you know, or, you know, they have flashes of, uh, of normalcy, you know, uh, that, that's the question over here. All right, so the mission said, Nishtatis, if a man got married to a woman and she became an imbecile, she became an imbecile, and he, and he, can, never, he can never divorce her. Why not? We don't need her consent. So what if she's, in, what if she doesn't, what if she's like, and he doesn't know? Minatora Ashota could get divorced because you don't need her consent. Remember, it's not like today after Khamergesh, you need her you need her consent. You need her consent. That's the whole you know issue that comes up today. But uh because you need her consent, we have a lot of problems. <laughs> but um uh Minatora Ashota is is divorced even uh, against her will. just like you can force a regular woman who's normal, you can give you can divorce her against her will. So why did the rabbi say you can't divorce an imbecile woman? Because otherwise they will abuse her, right? They'll, she's like an ownerless woman running the streets and she doesn't know what's going on and people will take advantage of her. That's why the rabbi said, if your wife is an imbecile, you can't divorce her. Okay. What are you talking about? You say, it could be a get, but the rabbi said, don't divorce her. If she knows how to guard her get, meaning she understands that she got divorced and she's got to keep the papers and prove it, et cetera. The Odasa Shmartsman, she could also guard herself from being abused 
So me going to make it. Why is it going to be not hefker? What's the question? Elu de'enya the sishma lo gita below atzma. If she can't even understand that she has to guard her get, you know, she has to hold on to her get and to guard herself. So Dvar Torah Shatim was guess how can you say that she can be divorced? They said in the Yeshiva of Yana, you have to give the get in her hand. She has a hand. In other words, she understands what possession means, that she's holding on to her get. She doesn't understand what it means. She doesn't understand when you're giving her something. If she doesn't understand that, so you can't even divorce her in a Torah. says on top of that, says, <clears throat> says if I get it says you'll give her a get you'll send her away from your house and then it goes on the says only if you send her away and she understands she's supposed to go away but if you say get out of here and she comes right back because she's an idiot she's not embarrassed you know a shelter's not embarrassed doesn't give her leave okay I'm leaving come here she has to understand that she's supposed to leave so it's not even divorced so why do you say over here it's a get minatora if if she understands what's what's going on and she also so then then uh, why do you say over here that she's not miscarreshes? If she understands that I mean there's no minic half grip, she knows how to guard herself. LMI you say that she doesn't know how to guard her get and she doesn't know how to guard herself, so she's not even divorced in Manatora. So she knows how to keep her get. She understands that the get is something she's supposed to receive and hold on to and prove it for later on she's divorced, but she can't protect herself from people who would take advantage of her. Pardon? Yeah. No, because it doesn't depend on the institute. The things go wrong in the institute also. You know, she has to be able to guard herself. And if she if she goes out of the institute, she takes a break, she wouldn't be able to. That's the reason why the rabbi said you can't divorce her. Uh, so she can get divorced. She knows how to keep her get. If you give her get, this is yours, keep your get. You know, leave that she understands that. Uh, but uh, we're afraid if you put her out on the street, people she, you know, people will take advantage of her. Don't release her. That's the story with a woman who's an imbecile. A man who's an imbecile, he, he's a he can't give his wife a divorce anyway because. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Now, if 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 we said if he was a cheirish and he married her while he was a cheirish, he could divorce her too because it wasn't a marriage matter. But if a man, let's say, got married normally, he was normal, she was normal, and then he became an imbecile. He was an accident. Something happened to him. He can't divorce his wife forever. There are cases like that where you know a man was in an accident or something, and he's in a coma, or whatever, uh, extended period of time. There's no way to give his wife a divorce. Amar Abaya. They can says when it comes to her, it says When it comes to her, it says, if she became a shota, he can never divorce, he can't divorce her. But if he's a shota, he says he can never divorce her forever. Why when if she's a shota, it doesn't say olam, just say he can't divorce her. But when it comes, if he's a shota, it says he can't ever divorce her forever. If he's a show, the Manatori can't divorce her because he's not capable of, give, of, of an action. He's not capable of giving her a get. But if she's a shota, technically he could give her a get Manatori, except the rabbi said don't because she shouldn't be treated, she shouldn't be abused. I'm Rabbi Elchim ben Nuri. So Rabbi Elchim ben Nuri said, <clears throat> I don't get it over here. What's the difference? Why can a woman who's, who's uh, deaf and dumb, a chareshis, why can she be given a get? And why can't a man who is a cherish why can't he give a get? What's the difference between them? 
right? Why do we say again? If if a man marry a um, a pikhas, a, 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 a normal man married a normal woman, and she became deaf and dumb, he can give her a divorce. But if he became deaf and dumb, he cannot give her a divorce. That's what so What's the difference? So they said there's no comparison. A woman can be divorced against her will, a man can't. When he asked the question and he said, I understand, why by a man can he not give a divorce if he became deaf and dumb? And by a woman, she could receive a divorce. He knew that a man can't, that it cannot. He was asking about a woman. Or no, he knew that a woman could be divorced. And he asked if a woman can get divorced. Woman, why can't a man do it? Maybe that's a special tashma. So look at the answer. They answered him. And you can't compare a man to a woman, right? Woman does it with her, even against her will. You see from, the, from the, 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 the way they gave the answer, they said, oh, you can't compare a man to a woman. A woman, even against her will. A man needs, you need his will, but you need his understanding. So it sounds like his question was about a man. Uh, he knew that a woman could be divorced against her will. The question was about the man. Look at the later on discussion. Right after that story, they answered, you can't compare a man to a woman. A woman can be divorced even against her will. A man cannot. And therefore, if he's a chayrish, he can't do it. Rabbi Yochum Nuri then said, Rabbi Yochum said, they brought down the Mishnah of Rabbi Yochum which we quoted also in Amalf today. If her father married off when she was a ketana, what did he say over there? She see a via bekatnusa bekibul kedushin ba'be kedushin gemurim she also beget. Notice Rashi says also when she was a ketana, when she's a gedola, even though she's limited capacity, but maybe she's likely to also suffer. If she go to pakakocham mekala, notice the father loses his capacity once she's twelve years old, even if she's still a charesh. You don't say since she's uh, also limited capacity, he has rishus over. He loses rishus when she's twelve. If the father gave her married her off when she was eight, so it's a marriage do raisa. And they amulo, and they said, oh, this is the same thing. This is the same thing. The marriage was a marriage to Oraisa, either because the father married her for eight, or she got married when she was 20, but she was normal and he was normal. It was a marriage to Oraisa. And just like over here, if the father married off the Horatius, he can give her a get. That's what she said. The same way, a woman who was normal and became a Horatius. Could also be divorced against her will. So this is also I get because he's saying, oh, this woman is the same situation. Meaning, we're not sure what was say. What's him seeing a man and a woman? Was he not sure about the man, or was he not sure about the woman? Says, oh, it's much. wasn't sure about the man. The woman, you know, you can get divorced against her will. Why can't the man also? The answer is the man needs his das. That's the way we said till now. Then he says, no, it's just the opposite. Look at the further dialogue. Since they said to him, no, this case. Of, of a woman who became a Choreshis is just like a woman who was a Choreshis and her father married off with the condition was a condition of Raisa. Here also, you do it against the that, that the question was about the woman. I understand my point of view that a man or a woman, whether Choreshis or Choreshis, can never get divorced. You can't get divorced. Even a, even a woman can't get divorced, the way I understand things. El the true, but you, Maisha Isha Maisha. Why do you say the woman could and a man can? Amulo ain't a domination of Megarish Isha's cash. So he said, Oh no, not comparison. A man is different than a woman. A woman <clears throat> could be divorced against her will, or as a man cannot. So that's how they answered him as far as that question goes. But the other question about uh, uh, about Isha Namilo uh, Migrisha, 
They brought a proof from this case of the woman. The woman you see can be divorced against her will, but the man cannot. Hey, What did Rabbi say? He said that that a chareshes, if her father married her off in institution to Arisa, she could still receive a get. Right? Why? Because the get is given even against her will. You don't need her, even though she's now a chareshes and she's 20 years old now and she's a chareshes, you can divorce her, even though she doesn't understand the whole thing, right? She doesn't understand minatora, you can give her a divorce. Okay, we say minatora, a minatora, you can give her a divorce if she, if she knows how to guard the get, at least she has that much capacity. <clears throat> and, um, um, and we're not even saying that you can't uh, give her, if she's not a shota that can't, that can't uh, guard herself, she can take care of herself. So you can give her a get menatora. Again, Bismanase, you wouldn't do it because Bismanase, you need her consent and she's not old, she's not understanding enough to give her consent. But from the fact that Rabbi Yachimagura says that you don't need her consent, so that means that you can even fool her into the get. You can give her a get against her will too. Amr Laidim, from, from Rabbi Yachimagura's testimony, you see, like this case, let's say he told Aidan, listen, uh, you see this get I'm giving, I'm about to give a get. She's in the next room, she can't hear us, but you two are my witnesses. I'm giving the, my wife a get. Here's the get. You see, I wrote out the Shema. It's written my name and her name. It's all kosher Yoshi. Here's the stoker. You can question him. And I'm giving her this get. But Amr then he said to her, um, Here is a Shtarfov. Here's an IOU that I have for you. I'm giving you an IOU. He lied to her. Because he was embarrassed. He didn't want to say, here's your get, and start a whole fight in front of everybody. He told the Adam, listen, here, I'm going to give her a get now. You see the get? Yeah, they see the get. Then they tell her, she tells her, I'm giving you an IOU. He tells her, I'm giving you an IOU. She's divorced. Why? Even though it was against her will, she accepted it thinking it was something else. So she wasn't intending to, to accept her get, but you don't need her consent. Today, you couldn't do that. But from Rabbi Yachimagur says, you don't need her consent, so you can pull her. Does Milomer didn't Rabbi Yochanan already say? Ben Gurgur say? Did Rabbi Yochanan already say? Lo binadat, you don't need her das. Machanam lo binadat, you don't need her. You don't need her consent. It means you don't need her das. You don't need her consent. Tell her something else. I'm giving you. Uh, here's the laundry list, or here's an IOU, whatever. It's a good get. She is an obvious mouth. The same. Midarmalei kensishtachov zebetuli batlei. I might think no. Since he says I'm giving you this IOU, he's mavatol to get. Even though he wrote it, it's not chal until he gives it to her. And now he's mavatlin. He's saying it's not a good get. Maybe maybe that's what he meant to say. Kamash no, we don't say it. Imisa devatli. If he would have avoided the get, laedim have become. He would have told the Adam, listen, I'm not giving her a get. I wrote a get, but I don't mean to give it to her as a get. Middle loma laedim. Since he didn't tell the Adam, lo batli. he wasn't mavatli. He didn't avoid it at all, and it's a valid get. The reason he said I'm giving you an ayu machmas pisufu to kamerla because he was embarrassed. He didn't want to start a fight. He didn't want to say I'm giving you a get. Oh, you're giving me a get. No. He fooled her. Okay. Rabbi Yitzchak ben Barbisna. Now we're going to see a story. It's a little bit strange what this Gemara is doing over here, but we'll see why, why it's here. This is Barbisna, Irkasei Lemaftech at the base Medrash. He lost the keys to the base Medrash. Right? Rabin. It was in Rishis Rabin. He lost the keys. He lost the keys. Maybe he had them on his tie clip or his belt or something. Maybe he lost them before Shabbos. He takes out the word Bishabsa, but we'll see it was on Shabbos. It was on Shabbos. Or Maybe he lost them before Shabbos, but now with Shabbos and they needed the key, they couldn't get into the base medrash and the chont was cooking there. The guy was going to give a drusha and there was a chont, the whole thing, right? Also, coming up, das came for us, what should I do? Amr Lais, I'll tell you what, zil, debar, tell you, tell you, go lead the boys and girls into the Rishas Rabbin, the Latai Lawson, and let them, you know, work around there. Imishkhe, look, because if they find them, my they're little kids, they don't understand. 
Maybe if you lead them in that direction, you lost them in Shisarab, maybe they'll pick up the keys and they'll bring them, even though it was on Shabbos. Almak Sabah cut Nochal Nebel, same as Mitzrayim Lafrish, like we said before. A cotton who's eating something which is not kosher, like in the Vela, he's eating a cheeseburger or something, or, uh, you know, whatever, non-kosher meat. Besom doesn't have to be mafrashim. You're not supposed to teach, you're supposed to teach him, a father's supposed to teach his kid. But if a kid's doing it, you're not mechalif to send him away. So here too, these little kids, even though they're going to be mechal Shabbos, right? You're not telling them mechal Shabbos. You're not telling them, go find the key and pick it up and bring it to me. You're just uh, leading them in that direction. So that's what you see over here. Now, what that's apparently what this Gemara is doing over here, because Gemara Lachar has nothing to do with our discussion, except for the fact that we said, um, like we said it on today's daf, on Amad Aleph, we said, why can't the Cherish and Cheresh eat, um, eat um, Truma, Dorabonin? Why not? It's cut in Ochel Nevelos. They're seeing It's the answer is we're afraid he's going to give it to a Pikechus. We're afraid they're going to give it to a regular uh, woman who is... Uh, who is uh, obligated to keep the laws and is not allowed to eat shum if she's not married properly to a coin. So that's what says So that's what he said. Rapta said, take the kids out in the street. And if they bring in the key, they bring in the key. You didn't tell them what to do. If they bring in, they bring in the key. Lay them aside, let's bring a proof to this. Don't tell a child, bring you the key or have the chotam or bring you the seal on Shabbos. You let them. If you let him do what he wants, if he wants to, he can pick something off a tree. You let him throw things. You, you can let him do what he wants, but you can't tell him what to do. So the charts are proof from over there to this idea that you don't have to, you don't have to tell a kid what to do, but you also can let him do an isra del raisa, like, uh, like plucking something off a tree or throwing something in a shusarabim, daladama, so from shusarabim, it's no proof. Could be that speaking about where he's detaching something from a, uh, potted plant, which doesn't have a hold in it, meaning it's not attached to the ground, or he's throwing something in a caramel, which is only a sidrabanan. So it's no proof over here that you're allowed to uh, let a child be over an isidoraisa and you're allowed to let it go. You don't have to be afraid. Maybe you do have to scold him and tell him not to. In that case over there, maybe there's no isidoraisa over there, and therefore that's why it's permitted. So we're still having this discussion. Is it, uh, Cotton, who's doing something wrong, are you mechuyif to tell him not to? Whether it's Shabbos or some other issue, like eating tray or something like that. So, we're going to try to bring other proofs. Let's say it's on Shabbos and your house is burning down and you're in Portland, Oregon, and the Goyim are coming, the, the fire department shows up uh, to, uh, to extinguish the fire. You don't have to tell them extinguish it or don't distinguish it. You're not to tell a guy what to do. It's not your obligation. He's not to keep, he's not to keep Shabbos. Even if he's doing something for you, but if a, a child, a Jewish child, comes and he wants to extinguish the fire, only you tell him, don't don't extinguish it. It's Shabbos, because you're responsible for the children. You're responsible for the Jewish children. You're not responsible for the guy. So what do you see over here? What do you see over here? You see over here that you are responsible to keep a child from being openness to the raisa. Speaking where if the child is standing next to the father and the father doesn't say anything as he, as the kid extinguishes the fire. It's obvious. It sounds like the, the father's leading him on, is instructing him what to do. There it's different. Where he's doing it with the, with the consent of the father, so to speak. He's looking at his father, uh, he sees his father's happy. If the father's happy, you know, he's happy. The, father, the kid's putting out the fire and the father's smiling and all happy about it. So the kid is, is doing it with the consent of the father. It looks like the father told him what to do. 
But in the case of the of Rav Yitzchak's uh, keys, he didn't tell them that the keys were lost there, and they didn't know that they were doing him a favor. He just said, "Kids, you want to come out and play here? I'll take you out to the street." He didn't say anything, so that's different. So it <clears throat> could very well be that a father that they're not responsible, the bezin, anybody's not responsible to keep a kid from doing an avera. But if if it looks like you're sanctioning it, you're allowing it, then you are responsible. Uh, <clears throat> So the, if that's the case, by is doing it on your behalf, you're also sanctioned, you're also like approving it. He says, no, is that, is that allowed to? If you're allowed to tell the guy, please extinguish the fire, says, no. Avraham does it for himself. He knows if he puts out the fire, the Jews will pay him after Shabbos for his work. He's doing it for himself. He's not doing it for the kids. Tashma, just one more story. The son of a Tamil goes to his grandfather's in Amaretz. He, and he eats, uh, he, there he eats things that he shouldn't eat, uh, things that are not, maybe he didn't take miser. You're not concerned that maybe he gave you something you shouldn't have too much miser to take it from it. Must be out of Paris. And if you find Paris in the kid's hands, he came home from the grandfather's house and he's not so observant and he finds Paris. You're not to take it away from him saying, oh, listen, maybe they didn't take too much miser. So you see over here that it's, you're not to teach the child. It's different. There it's, um, there, it's the parents of his grandfather, and I'm Aretz. It's a suffolk, whether he took it or not, so they were a marmaikel. Uh, if that's the case, Ella time is demai. The reason is because it's demai. Havadai, but if his vadai did not take from us a maisus, boy, you have to take maisur, and you don't allow the kid. I have a Rabbi said, only if you did it with the father's consent, then it's forbidden. Otherwise, it's not forbidden. And here it's mashma that if you know that the kid is doing something that's usur, it's usur either way. El Rabbi Yochanan spoke of he's not sure. He's not sure if are, are you to stop him from doing it or not. All right, so then we'll pick it up from here tomorrow. We're halfway down the daf, up to Toshma, continuing this discussion of if a child is doing something which is forbidden, whether it's in this or Shabbos or eating something that's forbidden, are you to, to take him? Of course, you can't do it via dime. You can't give him something, trade. You can't tell him from Chal Shabbos. But if he's doing it on his own, do you have to separate him, keep him from doing that? We'll pick it up from here tomorrow from Tashma halfway down the page. Tomorrow, remember, is Rosh Chodesh. Yom Tov Lekulam. Thank you.